Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. All the best. Kind you regards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Will do. Bye, Bye. see you in a bit. What a piece of shit. What a real piece of work. Um, So, um, what happened this morning to you? What do you mean? (laughs) You were so tired that you... I just think there's nothing worse than successful people moaning about how tired they are. This isn't a story about a successful person. <laughs> it's a story I'm about stop you me. Right there. <laughs> so I text my friend saying I'm really worried about Mrs. Hinch's baby because of all the fumes. Because did I tell you that I was Zaflora in my kitchen and it gave me a nosebleed? I got a nosebleed from Zaflora, guys. Be careful. Really? I've just bought some. It's really nice. Where did you? Where do you put it? To be fair, what I did was I put you snorted it. Yeah. <laughs> I put it on my nose. I put three capfuls in a bucket and I then poured hot water on and I put my head over the hot water to steam myself with the Zaflora because it smelled so good. What? And then immediately... Why would you do that? I'm bleeding out my nose. It's disinfectant. <laughs> I had to have a sit down. But it did smell so good. <laughs> it was worth it. It was worth it. So I sent a text to my friend Gabby saying I'm worried about... Um, Mrs Hinch's baby and then 10 minutes later I replied to my own text saying me too I hope he's okay that's an indication of my you're exhaustion levels too tired and we probably shouldn't be here but right you now. shouldn't be here either because you're mm, in a play yeah. and you got home very late last night I did and I I've, didn't get home till like one and I've made you get up very early this morning yeah sorry it's alright we've got to we've got to keep going haven't we yeah no matter what the cost because of the the blood pact that we made with with Dave um, either we keep going or he gets our firstborn children. The other thing I did on my way home last night mm. was um, I, I get worried about the snails on the path up to my flat because they always are crushed by people walking. And I found this cute snail and I moved it into the bushes mm-hmm. and then I gave it a little stroke in the bushes and realised that it was a stone. <laughs> I love our differing worries when we're walking home. I'm like, I'm about to be murdered by Ted Bundy. And you're like, oh no, the snails. <laughs> So, we are a member of the Great Big Owl family. You are listening to, to a Great Big Owl podcast. I, they should get us to do the new voiceover, I really shouldn't think they? they should. I yeah. think, sorry, voiceover man whose job we're trying to steal, but... Although, talk to my agent because my voiceover fees are quite high. Yeah, we're both pricey. <laughs> you wouldn't guess it from this podcast, but... Uh, but we cost a dime or we two. We cost big bucks. So somebody tweeted saying, I'm very happy for you, but I don't know what that means. So should we just briefly explain yeah. what it means? So we've become part of the podcast company Great Big Owl, who make podcasts. Yeah, run by Dave Cribb. And others. And assorted men who help us with our microphones. And they're all... 
very great. They're all great and we get them a bit mixed up <laughs> because we're sexist. And by we, I mean me. Yeah, Helen specifically. Specifically Joel and Jason, no offence, guys. <laughs> it's your names both begin with J. And yeah. You, and you're both gorgeous and lovely. Yeah. That's the problem. Mm. I'll cut that out. Cut that out. <laughs> so we've become a member of the podcast company. So we And get... after this episode, we'll immediately be <laughs> expelled from said podcast company. We get to use their very swanky studio, which is in Soho. Mm. Actually, it's not really. We're kind of the... It end. is. All right. Technically. And they help us out with all of the stuff that we're not very good at, all the technical side of stuff. We're actually not in Soho. We're in... <laughs> Yeah, we're not. I got it from Marlebun. 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 So how have you been? Uh, Good. Yeah. I do a show every night. Yeah. And then I come home and I wake up and I stay in bed until it's time to go and do the show again. That's good. And then I come home and I go to bed and then I stay in bed. It's quite an intense show, show, isn't it? It's quite emotional. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's, um, it's hard playing someone who's like trapped in a situation that you wish you could get them out of. But you can't. Um, you should carry on the story after the show ends every night and pretend that you get yourself get out. away yeah. and start a new happier life. Yeah, in the bush bar. Sorry, that sounds rude. The bush <laughs> is the theatre that Tilly's in. Come on down. <laughs> so I'm back from Latvia. What the fuck happened? Can <sighs> I Look. just don't understand how someone can be so intelligent and so. So incredibly stupid at the same time. I don't, I've never met anyone as high functioning and high achieving as you. That's nice. That simultaneously gets themselves into situations that I'm like only Helen would get. Yeah, it is just constantly exhausting Mm. because everything is much more challenging than it needs to be. But had a nice time in Latvia for an extended three days. Maybe you needed a break. Maybe it was your brain Mm. going, I'm going to lose my passport because I really need a break. Yeah, maybe it was that. I did have a few meetings that I didn't want to go to. That I then had oh, to cancel. One of which meeting. was uh, with you and Dave. <laughs> we did it over Skype. We did instead. it over Skype. It Do you know what lovely. I love about Latvia? So it's two hours ahead. So all I had a few conference calls and meeting and Skype meetings, and they're all two hours. So I basically can start the working day two hours later and finish it two hours later, and that oh. works very well for my body clock. So I'm now moving to Latvia. What's the rent like in Latvia? It's cheap. Yeah, it's cheap. I asked a man, and he said he paid three hundred pounds a month. For a room or... Yeah, for a room. Mm. Oh, no, for a flat. For a flat? Yeah, for a flat, one-bed flat. But yeah. yeah. But he said, he told me how many square feet it was, but it didn't really mean anything. Because what's that? Because I have no sense of spatial yeah. awareness. So what happened was I realised I didn't have my passport on the way to the airport to get the flight back. Great. Well, actually, it was in the morning and I then went to the airport to try and persuade Ryanair to let me on the flight, which they agreed to do, thanks, Ryanair. So then but when then it was it time for the flight, you need a passport to... to get through the border. Yeah. But I then persuaded the people at the border to let me through the border. Fucking hell. But then when I got through, the people who weren't Ryanair, they were the staff of the Latvia International Airport, said, no, because if you get to the UK and you don't have your proper travel documents, then we'll be fined. But then, yeah, so I was crying, mm. saying bye to all my friends who were getting on the flight and we were acting like we were never going to see each other again. <laughs> we were all hysterical. <laughs> And then they were like, the exit's over there. The exit, you have to wave at a man, a scary man in uniform. He comes over and he says, where's your passport? And I didn't have my passport. So he then wouldn't let me back into Latvia. So I was trapped in the airport. And then I was was lost, really. I was crying so much. And everyone was being very unhelpful. Yeah. (laughs) And didn't talk to me or reassure me that everything was going to be all right. Because they probably thought, who's this idiot? 
Anyway, then they let me back into Latvia. I had to go to the embassy, who were really nice. Oh, were they? But the emergency passport is processed in Madrid, so I then had to wait for it to be processed in Madrid. And because I've lost, I've lost my passport quite a few times before, mm-hmm. so I then had three days just full of anxiety that I was not going to be allowed a new one yeah. and I was going to be trapped forever. But now I'm here. And you'll never be leaving the country again. No. Well, I don't know if they're going to let me have another passport. Yeah. Waiting to hear. Are you waiting to hear? Watch this space. Do you think you're going to go and have to have another interview with the man? (laughs) Do you want to talk about that or not? Yeah, why not? (laughs) The thing is, God. So I'd lost my passport quite a few times by this point. How many times? Well, this is the problem is I didn't know. And that was what he kept asking me in the interview. And he kept saying, how do you not know... How do you not know how many times you've lost it? So they thought basically I was selling them on and that I was some kind of mafia person in disguise as a loopy little lady. Oh, my God. So I had to go for this very intense interview. Oh, they thought you were selling them off. They were selling them off. And the conclusion of that interview was that I was not allowed a 10-year passport. I had to reapply every year for a (laughs) one-year passport because then... You know, I wouldn't sell them on anymore. <laughs> and then this was my passport. I've finally been allowed a 10-year one again. I go to Latvia for a little jaunty weekend away. <laughs> and I somehow managed to lose my passport. Do you know what? I blame, I blame. I've got dyslexia yeah. and I get lost everywhere I go. Do you think you're dyspraxic as well? Is that where you fall over all the time? Yeah, it's more like the spatial one. But then it's also like... Um, because I'm, I'm fairly sure I have dyspraxia as well. I've never yeah. been officially diagnosed with it, but there are yeah. a lot of things um, that I share with... Me? With you. Um, Maybe we're both just really stupid. Yeah. Maybe we're just really unorganised and stupid. I think That's what my mum would say. She'd be like, there's nothing wrong with you. It's the you're creative brain. Absent-minded. Apparently, if you're late all the time, it's a sign of high intelligence because it shows that you're thinking about other stuff. Oh, no, that's not it. Sorry. I'm just so intelligent that I can't remember. That you're thinking of something else, yeah. yeah. It's that you are overambitious with your with your time restrictions. Oh. So you really, you think you can do a lot more than you can in the Is time that, that you're giving. Is that not being massively naive? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Also, what I did was I read an article on BuzzFeed and I decided to take it as law because it applies to my life. Yeah. But there were stupid people who were late all the time, aren't there? Yeah. And there were clever people who were early. So, <laughs> we're talking about... Jeremy Kyle. R.I.P. in peace. <laughs> Sadly, no longer with us. Um, and we're doing Jeremy Kyle because of a suggestion yeah. from Nathan off yeah. of Twitter. Thanks, Nathan. Um, whose Twitter is very funny. Let me. Oh my find god, his, his video. His at so that you can all go and follow him. He did a fantastic mock self tape, an audition that you do for camera and you send into casting agents of, uh-huh. of playing. It was the confi- Nathan underscore Fode is him. Playing a very body confident. Yeah, for Giacomo online content. <laughs> so good. Highly He's recommend. So funny. The best one is um, the one which is um teenager whose entire personality is colourblind. And honestly, it's iconic. Um, so thank you, Nathan, yeah, for the suggestion. You, Nathan. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We really... I'm so touched. Yeah. We've got some, we've got some big names. Big names. Listen to the podcast. Yeah. You're a very esteemed group of people. Indeed. Jeremy Kyle... <laughs> 
speaking of esteemed people, yeah. born the 7th of July, oh, it's his birthday. Oh my God, does that make him the same star sign as me? Jeremy Kyle can't be a cancer. I mean, he is a cancer though, isn't he? Listen, cancers. Look, that was a pun on cancer. <laughs> <laughs> he's a cancer of the mind. 1965, which makes him 53. I is can't an believe he's a cancer. English broadcast. You know that it's meaningless. I, well, I do now. It's all gone <laughs> up in flames. If you think how many billions of people there are and how many, how few star signs there are, yeah, it really limits your personality to yeah. being one of. Well, I want to get all my um, my chart done. I know <laughs> it's bollocks, but um, you should get my mum to read your tarot. Does your mum do tarot? Yeah, she's really good at is it. Is she? Yeah. She goes. She opens with, now just to say, none of this is real or true. And then she reads your tarot and it's like she's a wizard. It's insane. I'd love to read people's tarot, you know. You just get a little book that tells you how to do it. Yeah, because then it's like I can give people unwanted advice, like I'm their therapist, but it's in the guise of a tarot session. Can we talk about this? Someone on Instagram suggested that we had a um, section where people wrote in and we gave them worldly advice. I would love to do that. His name is Asparagus. Asparagus? His, his name is Espergerda. Philip. Okay, let's go with Philip. Hi, Philip. Hi, Philip. He said, I'd love to hear a bitch and agony ant section in the show. I'm sure Tilly has a ton of latent life coaching advice. What? Yeah, but it's the kind of life coaching advice that's going to make you quit your job and dump <laughs> your boyfriend and move to another country. I mean, that so sounds you great. Sure you ready for it? Can I ask what the word latent means? No, because I don't know. <laughs> Let me Google it. Because maybe latent is, you know, what you the thing you just described. But then it also made me think, Philip, have you got us confused? Because I would give some pretty good life advice. Why have you said Tilly would give good life advice? And I got really jealous. And then I suddenly thought, does anybody actually know which one's which? Because we don't go, hi, I'm Helen, and you don't go, hi, I'm Tilly. We just start talking. They know because you're famous for wanking in the toilet. <laughs> so they recognise you from Yeah, that. but my voice is different. And they go, who's that? Another northern one. She's annoying. My voice is different, though, on this. So maybe you sound more like Jermaine. My name's Pete Allison. And I'm Dave Cribb, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends. Each week we invite a guest on ask them to pick their favourite episode of Friends and then we talk about it in far too much detail. Basically, if you like the show Friends and you like it when people take things far too seriously, then you might well like this podcast. Search Great Big Owl on your podcast app of choice and you'll find Friends with Friends right there. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. 
That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. I think Philip's got us confused. Philip, did you think that it was me? Did you think I was Tilly? Because I'd give some pretty great life advice. Listen. <laughs> ha- listen. <laughs> I've got... <laughs> Actually, I have to say um, that you are one of the people in my life who I do listen to. But do you know what? I, I'm, I am joking because likewise. Honestly, if you need sorting out, not sexually, maybe sexually <laughs> If you need sorting out, Tilly's the person to... Speak to, yeah. yeah. Everyone you, says that. You send a great voice note. Yeah. If I've had a bad audition, mm. you're the first person I call. Yeah, same. Likewise. Oh. Oh. Well, Philip, if you do want to send in some... Uh, Maybe Philip's just got a question that he wants to yeah, ask, but... Philip, send it in. We Listen. We'll, we'll do our best. We'll do our best. Jeremy Kyle. Just listen. Jeremy Kyle, do your own Googling and then come back and listen. <laughs> He's an English broadcaster, journalist and writer. He's known for the tabloid talk show, The Jeremy Kyle Show. There you go. There you go. So and he was a complete arsehole and I'm glad he's gone. Yeah. So what happened was Steve Damon, who went on his show yes. this year, a week after his appearance where he'd failed his lie detector test, which had indicated he'd had an affair with his uh, on his fiance, he then took his own life. They then did an inquiry into the show, and as a result, axed the Jeremy mm-hmm. Carl show. Cynically, mm-hmm. it was an opportunity for them to ax a show that was going out of fashion as well, because it's not necessarily the first time that the show has had a big negative impact on people's lives but it must have been making the money because everyone's going oh it's just because the viewers were bad but actually i don't think they were i don't think they were but there's but there's a difference isn't there it was defining what the kind of shows itv Mm, make and they are i also think by axing the jeremy carl show they then have a bit of a buffer with all the drama that's going around with love island and they'd much rather have love island yeah because they're the young audience that are going to stick with them and yeah that's in terms of its appeal of what they're trying to be, the show that they want to keep. And Jeremy Carl is very unfashionable now, isn't it? And cheap. That's probably why they kept making it, because they don't have to pay anyone who appeared on it because they were exploiting everyone who appeared mm. on it. They were paying for their DNA results. And how much do lie detector tests cost? Well, I think they just had a machine, didn't they? Well, that's all bollocks as well, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't work. That's the main thing. It's not proven to actually work. But they never say that. Did, have you watched it? I haven't watched Jeremy Kyle in years because mm. I can't bear it. Mm. It's just not pleasant to watch. I don't understand how. I don't understand how anyone can watch it. Really, it's just not. It's not even like good in like a guilty pleasure way. It's just. It's just really sad. Yeah, it's really and upsetting. Sad. There's a really great article in the Guardian called "Yes, Jeremy Kyle was exploitative, but it made working class people visible." And I think this is a really good point, which is. It's been axed, but what's going to replace it? And obviously it's not a positive view of working. This is Mark Brown who identifies as working class and he says he thinks that it's an awful show. I would totally disagree with the title of that article. I think it's... I mean, I know a lot of the time people who are writing for these things, The Guardian and so on, they don't get to choose the title. But, I mean, you know. 
it was just an argument I'd not seen mm. before, which is everybody criticises it because it demonises working class people. Yeah. And the argument in this article is there is no alternative. <laughs> and I was just to answer your question about why it gets so many viewing figures is because I think genuinely people identify with it. So they see themselves and their stories and their experiences in it. And even more... And no, isn't it just because people like to laugh at... Do you think? Yeah, I think that's why it's so popular. I think there's an audience who are then the people who end up applying to go on it because the people who will go on it have watched it and viewed it as being a solution mm. to family problems. Yeah. And they then go, oh, I remember watching it once and this person <clears> being like, I was ringing, I said, if you don't do this, I'm going to ring the Jeremy Kyle show. As though the Jeremy Kyle show is like the nanny or the head teacher who you get in when everything goes wrong. And I thought, God, that's not what it is like at all. It's not going to solve things. It's going to make them worse. But it's yeah. presenting itself. Yeah, that is true. There did have to be an, an audience of people who thought that it was something, you know, a yeah. good thing to do. But it solved things. But also, there's also the 300 people watching it live in oh the audience. Oh, my God. I mean, that's the main audience, isn't it? Because I did, growing up, I just remember the Jeremy Kyle show being a shorthand for, oh, well, oh, they're going to go on the Jeremy Kyle show. Like, oh, we're all here, but we're not like them. We're not going to yeah. be on the Jeremy Kyle show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just think that's so harmful. And I think it was a, a show that pitted working class people against each other. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, and I'm sorry, but doing anything in front of a live studio audience is not the way to work out. Oh, my God. Any family issues. And can we talk about Graham, the aftercare support? Who's, who, he's the guy on it who's even worse than Jeremy Kyle. Is he? Is he, he just goes, come, you know, come backstage with me. It, he's the aftercare team, basically, and he has a 20-minute chat with them before he sends them out into the into the world. Anyone who does that job, they there's no way there's no way in hell any psychotherapist or counsellor with any shred of empathy would want to work on the Jeremy Kyle show. No. Because that's just that's just not it's just not where you'd want to do that kind of work. I have a friend who works in Media City in Salford, which is where it was filmed, and I went to meet him for lunch and we walked back to his offices. He was actually in the same block as as it as the show. And there was this woman outside, absolutely beside herself, crying, like so upset. And I was like, Oh my god, something's happened. Like blah, blah, blah. and my friend was like, Oh, that is routine every single day at this time because the Jeremy Carl show has just ended and she will have been on it. And so the aftercare support doesn't even support them into getting themselves home they're literally on the street crying about what's just happened inside and that was just he almost didn't see it because he was so normalized to that person being outside the studio I know it's balmy I met another woman who uh, she was staying in the same hotel as me in Manchester and she was going on the Jeremy Carl show the next day and she was outside having a fag like really nervous because she knew at another hotel in Manchester was the father of her child and she didn't know who the dad was and she'd gone on because she desperately wanted the child support and needed the child support but couldn't afford the um, DNA test so she'd oh, gone on the Jeremy Kyle show as a way of making uh, that man accountable for the child that they had together. That's a good point. I'm sure there's lots of people who've gone on because they couldn't afford... Or is that does does that not get done through the family courts? Yeah, or? you'd think it would, wouldn't you? I mean, who the hell knows in this country anymore? But yeah, what was it? You was telling me about the. Um, I mean, I've probably just read it somewhere anyway. But I mean, they ply them all with drink and all the rest of it the night before, don't they? 
That was another show that I was in the same studio as, which is also a terrible show. What is it? I slightly don't want to say the name of it in case someone who works on it I work with in the future. It's which is presented by Oh, I've seen clips of this because I follow on Instagram. Is it as awful as it looks? Yes. No, I can't. It's worse than the Jeremy Carl show. It's the worst thing. I just, I can't understand. So when I was, so when I was doing Upstart Crow in the studio next door, yeah. they were getting them pissed before they went on. Anyway, so this is the thing about the Jeremy Carl show is it's, it epitomises a culture of reality TV, doesn't it? That it's not just one show that's bad and we've axed it and now everything will be okay. It It's a culture that we've kind of created of exploiting people. Yeah. And it's... For entertainment. And for entertainment, yeah. And it, I'm torn because one of my favourite shows on the planet is a reality show, RuPaul's Which, Drag Race. Oh, yeah. Is probably my favourite television show. Really? I love RuPaul. It's my favourite thing to watch. When I'm feeling down, I'll watch some RuPaul clips on the YouTubes, etc. I love it. But it is, uh, by its very nature, it's... It's, I feel like it's exploitative because people don't understand that a lot of the time people... People don't understand that it's filmed and then there are producers making decisions about, right, who's the villain? Who most fits into the villain edit? Who most fits into the, you know, innocent one we all like edit? Who yeah. fits into the Joker edit? And then condenses those people down into that and anything that deviates from that doesn't get included in the show. Yeah. And so people look at it and they think that that's what that person is bottom line full stop cut and dry mm. and of course that's not the case because we're all good and we're all bad and we're all this and we're all that yeah so it's and it's heavily scripted as well that's the thing that no one ever admits and not only have they made decisions based on those people's reality but they also script what's going to happen mm. to them and it's the case with love love island as well where they really selectively script what's going to happen but we're sold it to be a truth mm. and I think that's what's I think that's what's dangerous if we just admitted reality TV is not real it's yeah. it's another form of drama mm. then it might be it might be a little bit less uh, damaging in terms of kind of creating the culture and us all trying to mirror it or as all laughing at it and mocking yeah. it I always remember that episode of Doctor Who do you remember that one? Which it was one, one of Chris Eccleston's ones and it's like um I think it was Chris Eccleston's one. They go to like that planet where it's like everything. Oh, let me find it before I, before we get letters. Can I tell you some really brief facts about Jeremy yeah. Carr while you Google? His dad was the accountant and personal secretary to the Queen Mother. Jeremy Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Kyle just smacks of a man whose life didn't turn out the way he wanted, and he's very angry about it. He started life as a life insurance salesman, which I think is really ironic because he's probably reaping the reward now with yeah. all the people that he's killed <laughs> and he was doing adverts for life insurance on the radio and they said do you want to come do some presenting that's how he kind of got into yeah. it which uh, yeah i'll go on if you it's, found it. yeah so it reminds me of the episode um bad wolf dot who yes this episode they are secretly brought on board the game show broadcasting satellite satellite five and um in it there's like the weakest link but it's like um, instead of Anne What's-Her-Face, there's, like, an android. And um, there's a version of Big Brother where the losing contestants are disintegrated with a ray beam. Oh, my gosh. Um, on what not to wear, 
remember that one? What yeah. not to wear? They have a version of what not to wear, but where the participants undergo brutal cosmetic surgery. That sounds great. Yeah, and that was like ten years ago, and we're probably getting closer and closer to that every day. Mm. Also, just to classically recommend another podcast that talks about this mm. better than us, as always, the Today in Focus podcast on the Guardian, which is just on. I can't stop listening to this and go and listen to that. I can't recommend it enough. And they have an episode called The Reality of Reality TV where um, they get Johnny Mitchell on. I think he's called Johnny Mitchell, who was on Love Island. And he talks about the way that the producers curated everything. And he was a good friend of Mike from Love Island, the one who then committed suicide. Um, And he talks about how he believes there's a direct link between the impact that Love Island had on his mental health Mm. and what he went on to do. But you've got a cheerier recommendation. Well, it's not really, but it's um, before Charlie Brooker made Black Mirror, he made a show called Dead Set chronicles a nightmare scenario in which Britain is taken over by zombies. No one is spared the wrath of the undead, except the contestants and production staff filming a season of Big Brother. (laughs) That's great. Then the doors open on eviction night and all hell breaks loose. And they have Davine McCall playing a zombie, which is very funny. The thing I think, I think reality TV has its place. I think... What the danger is, is when it sets culture, which I think things like Made in Chelsea really do. Mm. Um, And I've said this on a podcast really, really early on, that I think there's a real ironic link between Jeremy Carl and Made in Chelsea, which is both present people who don't work and Jeremy Mm -hmm. Carl really demonises them and we judge them for it. And Made in Chelsea really celebrates this lifestyle where you just like order delivery for breakfast every morning. Um, and it's we... a bit more than that, Helen. They literally, the only episode of Main Chelsea I've watched, they all li- they literally go, oh, should we go to Italy? And then the next scene, they're in fucking Italy. Like, what the fuck? But we, and it's this weird aspirational TV yeah. where then we're all aspiring to be that superficial and growth I really drunkenly met one of the people who was on Made in Chelsea I can't remember who it was yeah I just knew that he was he was he came to Sheffield University to have his photo taken with everyone and I just ran up to him and shouted in his face what are your views on the economy which isn't a particular (laughs) (laughs) it's not a smart thing to say the economy's not his fault (laughs) I know but I just my kind of I think my reasoning behind it was what what are you doing what what are you doing what are you actually yeah even if your opinion is wrong, like what what do you believe? What's your aspiration for what society should mm. look like? What's what are your dreams? I just don't understand. I'd be so depressed if I was any of them. Anyway, it's this weird thing where it kind of sets culture. I think there's a place for reality TV where it's eating with my ex, which is the worst of the worst on yeah. Channel Four. But what it does is it's very clear what you're signing up for. You're going on for one episode. You're doing this really specific thing, which is going for dinner with your ex-boyfriend for the entertainment of others. But you might also get something out of it. And then that's it. You're not promised fame and fortune and a lifestyle where you can sell your story to OK Magazine. And you can just sell diet pills on Instagram for the rest of your life. I mean, I have to say about Love Island and stuff like that, a big part of what people are selling when they're saying come on a reality tv show is that it will change your life yeah and maybe it won't and that's the thing is is reality tv is it's one of the cheapest forms of television to make it's putting us out of a job yeah so that's the reason why all there is the pushback about oh well you know we can't do this and we can't do that and it's like well no you can but it would cost more money Mm. to have everyone properly vetted and have like 
then have a therapist for the rest of their life. Like that would cost a yeah. lot of money. You but might really, as well write something and get actors in. Yeah, if you're going to do that. And exploit them instead. <laughs> We're up for that. But I realize, We're used to it. It's our profession. <laughs> I'm being really cynical about something that is a massive cultural moment. And you, you watch Love Island, don't you? I do. And it's good and it's good and entertain, you know, and you feel like you're part of a conversation that It is. I mean, the best thing about Love Island really is the memes. <laughs> so really it would be better if we all just got together and made some memes about like <laughs> life and stuff. I'll be up for that. And also like being in like group chats about it is good. Yeah, yeah. with your communists. With all my communist mates, yeah. What do they think? Oh, they're doing all sorts. All sorts of great jokes that I definitely can't repeat on this podcast. <laughs> Okay, so that was Jeremy Kyle. That was Jeremy of. Kyle. We do really talk about him because what is there to say? He's Other dead than now. He's bad. Yeah, he's bad and he's dead. And good riddance. <laughs> good riddance to bad rubbish. His father was an accountant to the Queen. Mother. What? I feel like this is less interesting than you think it is. <laughs> I hope that blew my tiny little mind. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Great Big Owl. Thank you, for Great Big Owl, us. for having us. And. Um, Keep messaging us about suggestions and also if you want Tilly slash, really, I think you mean me, Philip, to be your Yeah, you mean Helen, don't you? Wink, wink. (laughs) Okay. You mean the girl who can't hold on to a passport longer than five seconds. That's who you want giving you life advice. Look, (laughs) I've nothing actually to count (laughs) out. You're right. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. See you next week. You've been listening to Bitchin', a podcast by Tony Steele and Helen Monks. Our music is by Dave Cribb, and our artwork was designed by Luke W. Robson. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.